Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. And on the Marquee Sports Network, here's Matt Spiegel. It is indeed hit and run on 670 The Score. It is live radio. It is live television. It is everything this morning as we are on the Marquee Sports Network simulcasting this hour. A little bit later in the hour, we will talk to Joe Shanahan, the owner of Cabaret Metro, the Metro the big rock club right across the street and up the street a little from Wrigley Field, where there was an incredible event last night to honor Lynn Bramer. This after the Cubs had Lynn Bramer Day at Wrigley yesterday. Lynn's Binge, the pregame festivities, an incredible event all day and all night. And uh, we'll talk to Joe Shannon about that in about 40 minutes. But right now, very excited to talk to a flat-out legend. I, I don't know if I've ever talked to Lee Smith on the radio. I, I am so excited. I met him once in person. 
but never on the radio. And Big Lee Smith joins us right now on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Lee, good morning. Thank you for the time. How are you? Oh, my pleasure, man. My pleasure. Anything I can do around that city of Chicago, I'm ready for it. Oh, Cubs legend, seven-time All-Star, third all-time in saves, and just a, a, a remarkable career. And at, where are you now? Are you down in Louisiana, sir? Yeah, I'm about I'm about to burn up, man. It's like 108 today, I think. Uh, I need to find somewhere a little cool to go vacate. <laughs> well, I I was told you might have some work to do on the tractor today. I don't know how regular that is for you to get on the tractor. I'm country, man. Like old guy said, I'm country as a half a dozen brown eggs. But, man, I tell you what, I'm out on my tractor, baling hay, cutting hay, hanging out in the pasture with my cows, man. I'm I'm, I'm enjoying this retirement. Oh, good for you, man. That's, that sounds incredible. Um. So, so Lee, I, I had the idea to talk to you because Marquis is highlighting Negro League's history this weekend. And, and tonight at 7 o'clock, the uh, Buck O'Neill, It's All Jazz, is a brand-new documentary from Marquis. And Buck O'Neill was an amazing guy, um, a great player in the Negro Leagues. And a lot of us got to know him from the Ken Burns baseball documentaries. We're like, who is this personality, this incredible smiling, thoughtful, smart, energetic person. And I think there's a lot of people out there who don't even realize that Buck O'Neill was a legendary baseball scout who yeah. who found a lot of people. And I know that he signed you out of Louisiana. Can, can you tell us about meeting Buck O'Neill about that? Thank you. Was, I might have been the hardest sign to find me, man, because Buck went to some backwood places where I was playing sandlot ball and he would just show up, man. But, you know, for me, I think Buck don't get enough credit for what he did away from the game of baseball, just being a humanitarian and doing things like that. And I don't ever remember seeing Buck O'Neill without a smile on his face with all these things that you would think that would irk someone else, you know. But Buck O'Neill was always, always had a smile on his face, man, always had some upbeat and positive face. So you, in 1974, uh, pitching for Castor High School in Louisiana. Yes. And, and who, who did he say that you reminded him of? Well, you know what? He always, he always used to throw Fergie Jenkins and Bob Gibson and all those guys out. But I always asked him about an old teammate of his. Uh, I had a guy by the name of Hilton Lee Smith, was um, the relief pitcher. For a sexual page, and I'm like, hey, you sure that wasn't my great grandpappy? You know, <laughs> I always used to talk about things like that, and I always been like a fan of the Negro League. I have like a little bitty shrine in my home where I keep all these things. But Buck O'Neill, he actually, he actually was like one of the guys talked to me so much about the game off the field, how to carry yourself and treat people the way you want to be treated, and. I, that's one thing I keep in my heart today. Wow, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, so Gibson and Fergie Jenkins—that's that's that's high praise. Did he yes. did he throw around J.R. Richard too? Did he throw around J.R. Richard as somebody you reminded him of a little bit? Well, J.R. J.R. was sort of a younger guy, you know, uh, if you want to put it that way. But yeah. J.R. Richard was actually born and raised about seventy miles from me, wow. but he throwed by the blue, by the blues, like was like seventy miles from here. Uh, from where I live. But you know what? Most of the guys always wanted to put me, uh, I wanted to be a starting pitcher, 
And and I think Gibby and Fergie were those two guys uh, that they really admired. He always used to talk about Don Newcomb and guys like that as wow. pitchers. Wow, yeah, Don Newcomb. Love it. Um, yep. I didn't realize that. So you and J.R. Richard and Vida Blue, all from uh, from from pretty darn close to each other. I, I, oh, yeah, I, yeah. There might be 60 miles from each way from each one of us. Wow. I, I I had Vida Blue on this show a couple years ago. Just a, a delightful yes. conversation. Enjoyed him a lot. Yes, yes good man. That's uh, well, you know, Vida and I, uh, for some reason, his his nephew was pitching in a a, a, a a game in Pelican, Louisiana, where Vida was from Mansfield, which is about 12 miles away. Mm. And I ended up pitching against his, uh, his, uh, his nephew. His name was Cliff. And we pitched like 11 innings, and I ended up beating him like one nothing. <laughs> and I never forget a Dodger scout says, who's the other guy? So they gave me this nickname as the other guy. <laughs> he got drafted by the Cubs, man. It's so crazy because I was always into basketball. I had already signed to play college basketball. Wow. Oh, yeah. See, Lee Smith was a great high school basketball player and then drafted uh, by the Cubs. And was it was it hard to choose baseball over basketball, Lee? Oh, God, yes. Yes, man. I tell you what, I hope my, uh, my ex-wife just gave me such a hard time about you're the only guy I know who played Major League Baseball and you build a gymnasium to play basketball. I'm like, <laughs> it's still my first love, <laughs> you know. But it was so weird when – Actually, the Cubbies, when I got to double-A and the Cubbies wanted me to be a relief pitcher, I actually quit playing uh, baseball and went back and played college basketball because it was like a slap in the face in that era being a relief pitcher. You know, it was like, yo, you're not good enough to start, so they throw you in the bullpen. And most most like uh, relief pitchers didn't get the pitch unless the starter got beat up. Wow. Yeah, see, that that's still a little bit of the vibe. Um, yeah. You know, it's just a little bit because guys want to start. But some, yes. sometimes they find themselves, Lee, mm-hmm. like w- when you and I know you were there with Bruce Souter um, mm-hmm. and and then when Souter goes to St. Louis, you're you slowly become the guy. Um, yes. When did when did you get comfortable with this idea of being the closer uh, as opposed to being a starting pitcher? Like it was cool. It might be a good fit for you. But, man, you know, the weird thing in that bullpen we had. Dennis Eckersley on the team. Wow. We had, we had uh, Dick Tidrow at close. Uh, we had Willie Hernandez. who went on to win in the Cy Young in the World Series and things like that. So my my first job in that bullpen was to make sure all the jackets was off the bench when the game was <laughs> over. <laughs> that was my job, you know. Bruce soon took me under the wing and said, hey, boy, your day is going to come. And, you know, it, it was like, I rest your soul, man. He saw something in me. You know, that you don't see. A lot of guys thought, oh, man, this relief pitching thing is crap because it was only, like, probably Bruce, Goose, Raleigh Finger, that was, uh, Tug McGraw, that may have been a handful of guys that were considered closers, hmm. you know. And uh, I had a lot of guys ahead of me. And then somehow there's process of elimination, guys going to other teams and things fell into place. And the one guy that gets a bad reputation in the city of Chicago – for me, I love this guy. Lee Elia went to bat for me in the big leagues and make, uh, wanted me to be his closer. You know, it, it's funny. Lee Elia has been talked about a lot on this radio station, Lee Smith, <laughs> because because of that rant and because yeah. of all of that. But, no, I, 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 I've heard nothing but wonderful things about Lee Elia, who is still with us, still alive, and um, – and just a, 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 a really delightful guy. You know, Dallas Green's son, Doug Green, is a friend of mine. 
and, okay. and and was telling me that D- Dallas and Lee were were like best best of friends for decades. Oh, hey man, I, I know a couple of times I uh, in spring training when he was with the Seattle Mariners, and man, I would go to the clubhouse. I walked through that full unit to give Lee a big hug because. It's so amazing. So many guys outside of your organization see something in you that you don't even notice that. And Lee had the confidence. And it was like the middle of the season before they actually decided, uh, uh, hey, we're going to try this kid as a, as a closer. Lee Eagle was the guy that went to bat for me, him and uh, Dallas Green, matter of fact. Wow, that's beautiful. Talking to Lee Arthur Smith right here on 670 The Score on Hit and Run and on uh, the Marquee Sports Network. By the way, download the Marquee app the Marquee Sports Network app, and you can watch the documentary that way. You can see Buck O'Neill, It's All Jazz, which premieres tonight at 7 o'clock. And uh, the life of Buck O'Neill is just after that on Cubs 360. That'll be with Cole Wright and Bob Kendrick and Doug Glanville and J.A. Adande reacting live to the documentary on Buck. That's, that's really cool. Should be great stuff, so, so download the app. Uh, man, Lee, there's a closer in town right now, Adbert Alzali who was a starting pitcher and then was a long reliever and is now a closer, got the save again yesterday. And I don't know how much you've been able to see him for the Cubs. Adbert, he loves it. He thrives in it. And as you're talking about learning to be the closer, Adbert's a guy, it's like, and I talked to him last week on this show, he feels like he has finally found a spot for himself in baseball, and that's making him pitch better. He says his focus is rising up when he gets these opportunities in the ninth inning. Does that make sense? Oh, God, yeah, man. Because, you know, you know, you really, you know, as a starting pitcher, you get, I think, the few years starts that I did have, and then we pitched two, three innings back in the day. You learn how to pitch, you know, by facing hitters. But the main thing what I had to understand as a closer is the days that you warm up and you don't go in the game. That don't happen that much now. Back in the day, I would I'd warm up two or three times and not pitch in the game. So you have to learn your body. Uh, I, I was really, really concerned about how my arm was going to snap back from day to day because you could pitch, you could warm up three or four times a day and uh, not go in the game. Wow. Uh, I, all right. I, I got a couple, a couple moments in your career that I need to ask you about. And then our listeners have texted in some specific moments from games. I don't know if you're going to remember them all, Lee, but I got to throw some of them at you. Go ahead. All right, cool. Well, this one I'm sure you remember. 1987 All-Star Game, the 10th, the 11th, and the 12th you threw. Three scoreless innings in an All-Star Game. And you're, I mean, I think you you struck out four. Uh, Kirby Puckett, Mark McGuire twice. Uh, Dave Winfield, Tony Fernandez. Who goes three innings in an All-Star Game? Never again by anybody. Well, and I damn near the only guy left. <laughs> I never forget Roger Craig came to all the guys and said, hey, the guys that pitched an all-star game, we're going to try to get all the guys in there have not pitched an all-star game. So I'm sitting down there. Game is going along there. Ninth inning, uh, Bedrosian comes up with some wild play to save the inning. And we go into the 10th inning. They said, tell Smitty, uh, tell the big right-handers in the game. I looked down on the bench. There's nobody left. <laughs> <laughs> That's you're the only guy. <laughs> yeah. So, dude, the weird thing about it is, I go in this. I go in the game. Andre Dawson, Ryan Sandberg is probably home by now. They only played six innings. I don't have a helmet. I'm in the American League. I don't have a helmet. What are my chances of hitting? I actually come up to hit, 
And if you get a photo of this, you got to see I'm wearing a Montreal Expo helmet <laughs> in this Cub unit. I get Ozzy Virgil's, like, a catching helmet, right? And I'm up there trying to butt off of Jay Howell with this thing on. <laughs> it was some weird stuff happening in this game. So I, I, it was so crazy, man, that I was like, what is going on? So, you know, back now the guys have these big contracts with shoes and things like that. I had, a con- I had like, a, a clause in my contract that I get $100,000 if I'm ever the winning pitcher in an All-Star game. I got no idea this thing is in there. And out of the blue, man, like in the, like November, I get a test for hundred grand from Puma, and I'm like, "What the hell is this about, man?" It was so many things that I had, and, and that that happened that year. But I think that game in Oakland probably was the one key thing that I think put me over the hump as being one of the premier closers in the game. Then, wow, really? So it gave you confidence that you did that and yeah. and got through that. Yeah, because I had goosebumps out there, but they were they were cheering for Mark McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. The the hundred grand in the mail. You're like, what the hell is this? Like, what is going on, man? I'm like, I, if they could have not sent the check. I would have had no idea, man, because I didn't even know it was in my contract. Oh, I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did, <laughs> yeah. or else you wouldn't yeah. be you wouldn't be giving Puma a name drop here in uh, in 2023 <laughs> if they didn't. Um, all right, so a bunch of people asking about what they call. The Immaculate Deflection. In, oh. in 1984, September 2nd, Pete Rose lines one off. Was it your shoulder? Was it your head? It, dude, it hit the back of my wrist, off my shoulder, to Dave Owen to double up, game over. Pete Rose was the hitter, yeah. And, and all I can hear in this video is Harry Carey screaming that God wanted the Cubs to win. I'm like, <laughs> But Harry, they don't want to kill me in the process, man. Pete up my body out here, man. <laughs> but it was weird. And so many people think of that Larry Boa was the shortstop, but they had did like a double switch. And Dave Owens uh, had came in the game. He was like the brother of Spike. Or he didn't play a whole long uh, a long time in the big league, but he was a shortstop at that game. Wow, that that yeah. that's that's tremendous. Um, yeah. All right, and then. And then this one is this one is personally. I told you the, the first time I met you, I told you this, but I I don't know if you remember. And I'm and either way, I've never talked about it on the air with you. So okay. I was I was in college in Boston between 1988 and 1992. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I went to 30 Red Sox games a year at Fenway Park. All right. Uh-huh. Um. And you, as a dominant closer after the trade, was Al Nipper and Calvin Schiraldi for Lee Smith. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. You used to walk out from the dugout to the bullpen in, like, the fifth inning, right? Uh-huh. And me and all my college buddies were, par- <laughs> were part of the bleachers crew. We would stand up and genuflect. We would bow down slow, yeah. and repeatedly we'd yeah. go – Big Lee, Big yeah, Lee. <laughs> yes. Hey, Bob Stanley was like, man, I've been here for 14 years. That have never happened to me. I said, hey, man, you got to spend time at the cast. <laughs> That's where all my drinking buddies were. We used to go to the little bar right behind that uh, uh, the right field wall called the, uh, uh, what is it, cast and flag or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, cast and flag, and that's it. Yeah. Dude, that's the way I, I told him after every game, I wouldn't even drive my car. I'd just walk around to the bar with the guys. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> see, that's it. So you got to know people. You you got oh, to man. know the fans. Hey, I told Steamer, hey, that's all my drinking buddies, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Steamer, Bob Stanley, the steamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah you see. Your mom, I was over there getting you drunk, either, boy. <laughs> Lee, I I never had a drink with you at the Cask and Flagon. I should have, <laughs> man. Man. Oh, uh, uh, yes. I used to, you know what? I used to, uh, my favorite basketball player. I actually met in this place, Dave Cowan. I actually met in that place. Man, I used to go. All the Celtic guys used to come over there because I played college basketball and high school basketball against Robert Parrish. When he came over to the Celtics. Wow. I, I, yes. did, I didn't know that. So in college, yeah. Robert Parrish went to Centenary. I, rem- I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Centenary was a college, but he went to Captain Street in high school. Wow. Centenary was a college. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you played high school ball against Robert Parrish. So you and so yeah. Red Sox players and Celtics players hanging around at the cask and flagon. Yes. Yeah, brother. We were done. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, Lee, I, I, I'm just glad you knew that was us and you felt it when we go, Big Lee, Big Lee. I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it. Bob Stanley would be standing there looking into the stands like, boy, you got two days under your belt. <laughs> man. man, it was awesome. I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Oh, God. Are you kidding me? Uh, thank you for all the joy through all the years. Are you getting back to Wrigley anytime soon? It's, it's a pretty fun year right now, Lee Smith. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, matter of fact, uh, I think Sean Dunstan and Gracie is going into the Cub Hall of Fame in early September, so I'm going to be back up there then. Wow, that's excellent. Well, yeah. I, I will find yeah. I will find you in Salo when when you are here. And um, Yeah, man. And and, and I, I hope you get to, to feel some, some good games. They're, they're relevant right now. They got games of yeah. consequence right now. It's special. Those young guys have been playing well. I'm glad I'm glad that things sort of falling into place because I was always worried about who was going to step up and do the closing because really, really that's a very important role, especially for a young ball club. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And, and they got a guy. Like, it, it, the, yeah. bu- the bullpen has sorted itself out now, Lee. Like, now that somebody's yeah. the closer, they've been able to yeah. kind of work it backwards. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, man. Lee Smith, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Uh, that was really fun. Uh, my pleasure, man. Thank you. All right, you got it. That's Lee Smith, Hall of Famer, legend, unbelievably great. Adore that guy. Woo! Uh, Joe Shanahan from the Metro a little bit later on in the hour as we are live on Marquee and also live, of course, on 670 The Score. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run. We got a mess on the other side of town that we got to discuss, and we'll do it next on The Score. Matt Spiegel with Hit and Run on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score and on the Marquee Sports Network. What, what was going on when Tony was here? I, I know what a good culture looks like. Uh, I know how a good culture sustains success. Um, and I'm determined to create that culture here. Um, we are all in this thing together. I'm a part of this thing. Um, I think everybody... Um, you know, has a, a big part in what we're trying to build. Uh, but as far as the culture before I got here and what, you know, what Tony was doing and, and how, you know, what was going on, I'm not sure I wasn't here. That's White Sox manager Pedro Grifol talking about clubhouse culture. It's Matt Spiegler with you on Hit and Run on The Score and also live this hour on Marquee. And we're going to talk about something the Cubs did yesterday that extended into the night in Wrigleyville, a tremendous day in honor of Lynn Bramer. We're going to talk about that in about 15 minutes or so. But, you know, the White Sox are a mess, and we all know this. 
um, as of right now, and we'll see what happens in the offseason. There's a news nugget from this morning that propels the conversation, and it's, it's my great gift to get to do this show on a Sunday morning in a very unique two-team town, and I love being able to talk about both teams and observe both organizations and see how things happen. And it has made us wiser. It has certainly made me wiser, made me a little bit smarter as a baseball observer, as a baseball conversationalist to see what we've seen. But before I get to those, those kind of conversations and comparisons, I want to read this to you from the Bob Nightingale column in USA Today. And Bob, of course, legendarily plugged in with the Chicago White Sox. And here it is. The Chicago White Sox are conducting a series of internal interviews to determine whether dramatic changes are needed inside the front office or the coaching staff. This has been one of the most disappointing and painful seasons in Chairman Jerry Reinsdorf's tenure. GM Rick Hahn has one year left on his contract, while manager Pedro Grifol has two years remaining. So, a series of internal interviews. So... Presumably, that would be Jerry and Kenny Williams as the bosses interviewing people who work underneath them. Rick Hahn, uh, Pedro Grifol, uh, uh, the assistant GM, Jeremy Haber, other folks like that. Um, maybe it means <clears throat> they'll interview the coaching staff to see what they think of Pedro. I, I don't know. Or will it be Rick interviewing Kenny? Or will it be... Jeremy Haber interviewing Jerry. They're all going to interview each other, and then they'll figure it out. That's how they'll get to it. I, 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 I believe that Rick Hahn is probably going to step away or step up in uh, the organization. And here was Rick Hahn asked about that by our man Bruce. Uh, oh, excuse me. It's actually it was Paul Sullivan uh, a few weeks ago at the White Sox ballpark. You wouldn't step down. I, we'll, again, we're trying to beat the Yankees tonight. Let's see what happens over the next few weeks. That was not a no. That was, uh, we'll talk about it in the next few weeks. I, I think Rick is going to probably step upstairs or maybe uh, to a job with another uh, another entity around baseball. It has been speculated that maybe go work for MLB. Uh, as Jerry Reinsdorf, obviously very powerful and lots of connections there and lots of good friends there. But what they need to do, what a good organization does in any sport, is to go find somebody really smart from another place and bring them in and say, hey, that thing you did over there, we need it over here. Or that stuff you learned over there, obviously that worked. Will you tell us how we can do that here? Would you take a look at what we have going and and tell me what's what? And there are a million examples of this in all of professional sports, right? Um, there's the Blackhawks when they went and got Stan Bowman and Scotty Bowman. They, they really brought Scotty and then Scotty brought Stan. And we know how that ended and, and that's kind of immaterial to what we're talking about. But if you steal, steal from the best. This goes way, way back. There's a guy named George Kissel who built the St. Louis Cardinals um, into what they became and, and were for a long time. Talk about the Cardinal way. And George Kissel was a brilliant baseball man at teaching and teaching fundamentals and organizing a minor league system and creating cohesion within an organization. And one of the people that he taught in the St. Louis system was Earl Weaver. And Earl Weaver went to Baltimore. 
how they do for a few decades with Earl Weaver at the helm. And they learned how to do a lot of the things in the minors and build a developmental system, right? I mean, so it goes back decades, and we see it a million times. The Dodgers, when they needed somebody, they went and took Andrew Friedman from Tampa Bay, and they said, hey, would you help us? And how are the Dodgers doing? And now we're back to the great gift of working in this two-team baseball town. When Tom Ricketts needed somebody and realized he needed to overhaul pretty much everything on the baseball side, he seized upon the moment to grab Theo Epstein from Boston. And I covered that process intricately. And I remember so many things about that. And somebody's got to write the book on the Theo regime and, and the entire run of the thing. And that includes the World Series and it includes the few years of struggle after and eventually handing it over to Jed and all of that. Like that 10-year chapter that Theo basically predicted at the beginning when at his opening press conference he said Bill Walsh, the legendary football coach, says 10 years is, a, is really about your time. It's what you ought to do. And what did he, was it nine for Theo? I think it was nine. So he didn't quite make it to the 10th. But anyway, when, when he was brought in, he was given full autonomy on the baseball side completely. And he and Crane Kenny, it, was, it became a split. Director or president of business ops, president of baseball ops. And Theo checked out absolutely every aspect of the organization. Let's talk about scouting. Let's talk about development. Let's talk about analytics. Uh, let's talk about the spring training facility. Let's talk about every level of the minor league system. I remember one of the things they did early on was install cameras at the exact same location in every minor league ballpark. Sean Sears, our producer, you remember that? Set up cameras in every ballpark in the minor league system at the exact location so they could get video and eventually data that was absolutely correlated at every step of the way. So as Al- as Albert Almora, as Chris Bryant, as Kyle Schwarber were working their way up through the system, they they could check out what was the swing like last year, what's the swing like this year, and and, and the teaching methodology at every step of the minor league system was the same. They wrote the book. They had the Cubs way. They built a handbook and made sure. And, and that meant firing a lot of people and hiring a lot of new people. And that's what it takes to turn an organization around is, is to really painstakingly look at every aspect of how you do it, decide what you want to be and know that, as, as I remember we talked about then, the Cubs, it was, it was kind of a mess on the baseball side. Kind of was. So we used to discuss it this way. This is a big bus, and it's going to make a slow turn. Like one of those big double buses you see downtown that's got the accordion thing in the middle. And it's like, how is that thing going to turn from Michigan Avenue onto Randolph? How is that even possible? And you watch, you know how it does it? Very slowly, very carefully. Takes a wide turn. It knows I'm not going to go as fast as some of the other buses. Just not. But I'm going to make that turn. I will make that turn. And the Cubs made their turn. So look at the gift that we have had in this baseball city to be able to watch the five years of a Cubs rebuild that culminates in a 2016 World Series championship. And then the 
seven years that I think we're in. Seven years of a White Sox build, rebuild, that has not bore the fruit that they dreamed that it would bear. So there's lessons to be learned and there's things to figure out on on both sides. And it's not simply Cubs do it right, White Sox do it wrong. It's not that simple, but it's useful. It sure is useful to think about it that way. And and then in terms of the culture that Pedro Grafal was talking about and the clubhouse culture, that that is a very careful thing too. I think of Cubs corollaries with that all the time. Here's what I think of. When John Lester and David Ross showed up in 2015, I heard it this way from somebody on the inside. They said, oh, yeah, those guys just took over. They took over the clubhouse. And Joe Madden was like, oh, look at that. Look at that. I've got veteran leaders who know exactly what to do. They've been winners before. They communicate well. One's a pitcher. One's a catcher. That's pretty neat. Um, oh, and David Ross is not just cuddly Grandpa Rossi. He will get in your face. And he will still do that. We've asked Willie Harris on, on the score about that on Parkinson and Spiegel. That's the day job, Monday through Friday, 2 to 6. But it's, uh, you know, if you get the right veterans, they will take over the room. And that is the dream. But you can't just assume that you've got those guys. You've got to figure it out. And if they're not the right veterans, well, then you've got to take over yourself as a manager. And so that's what's happening on the south side, and it's uh, not going particularly well. So we'll see what happens with the offseason. But uh, suffice to say, uh, goings from one side of town can inform us uh, about goings on the other side of town. All right, yesterday, a tremendous day at Wrigley and an incredible event at the Metro in the evening Uh, And Joe Shanahan, who owns the Metro, the rock club across the street, will join us to talk about Lynn Bramer Day and Lynn's binge at Wrigley Field. So we're going to do that in uh, just a couple of minutes. Um, Otherwise, I always love to look at the leaderboard on a Sunday morning because Sunday mornings, as I've said before, remind me of being a kid and getting the newspaper and, oh, my God, there's every stat of every player in baseball. So as we look at the stats of every player in baseball on a Sunday morning to remind us of that, we see the incredible Cody Bellinger, sixth in OPS in MLB, on-base plus slugging with 939. And Cody Bellinger, I believe, is going to be Top three in most valuable player. This is this is my prediction, is that Ronald Acuna and Mookie Betts will be one two, and it's possible that Freddie Freeman steals a few votes from Mookie, that Matt Olson steals a few votes from Acuna, and I think Bellinger is going to be top three. It's a it's a remarkable moment in the career of Cody Bellinger as you watch him display incredible bat control, incredible skills, bat-to-ball skills, and just the wisdom to do this, uh, to do what he does. It's just amazing. Yesterday, for instance, the wind blowing out end to left, okay? The wind howling at Wrigley, blowing out end to left. Cody Bellinger knows if he can get a ball in the air, Towards left field, it'll probably leave the ballpark just with his basic kind of boilerplate power. Brady Singer, the Royals starting pitcher yesterday, since the 22nd of July, going into yesterday's game, he was second in batting average against. 
second in OPS against. In all of Major League Baseball, Brady Singer has been terrific. So when he's shaking his head because these fly balls are just getting out of here at Wrigley Field on a windy day, he knows. He knows that he's better than that. He's better than those results. Because Cody Bellinger took advantage of the situation. Just just a remarkable ball player right now. Cody Bellinger with two strikes is hitting 296 on the season. The Major League Baseball average is 171. And Boog Shambi does a terrific job in Marquee of letting you know about the league averages to put things in context sometimes on a specific player. Bellinger 296 with two strikes. The only batter better than Cody Bellinger is Luis Arise of the Marlins, who is basically the Tony Gwynn or the Rod Carew of this era, a willing singles hitter. Bellinger, just a remarkable year. Cubs and Royals coming up in a bit. I'm going to talk to Joe Shanahan from the Metro about Lynn's Binge next on Hit and Run. I'm Lynn Bramer, your best friend in the whole world. And while you've heard all roads lead to Rome, some roads lead from Chicago. This is Chicago. Now back to Matt Spiegel with Hit and Run on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score and on the Marquee Sports Network. That was the voice of Lynn Bremer. Longtime morning man at WXRT. I think he did mornings for 27 years, maybe 28 years. And uh, in that time, obviously, um, did a lot of other stuff too. And I know that Maybe you've been inundated with Lynn Bramer thoughts, and if you didn't know the man or feel the effect of the man, then perhaps you don't understand why all these thoughts are coming. But I, I personally deeply loved the guy, so being a part of things yesterday and last night was very, very special for me, Matt Spiegel. You're listening to Hit and Run on 670 The Score and also watching it on Marquee or the Marquee Sports Network app. And joined right now by Joe Shanahan, who owns the Metro across the street, the venerable rock club, and has had incredible concerts there for a little bit more than 40 years. And he joins us now on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Joe, good morning, and I know you loved the man deeply as well. Good morning, Matt. Uh, thanks for having me on uh, this morning. Um, my voice is a little raspy. Uh, I sound like Muttley, the cartoon character my wife and child told me this morning. <laughs> um, a lot of screaming last night, uh, a lot of yelling, a lot of high-fiving. Um, I have to say, uh, you were there. You experienced something that was very Chicago-centric, very Lynn Bramer, very Bramer family. Um, I have to say thank you for your contributions with the Lynn's Burgers uh, and uh, especially – the moment of uh, Wilson Brammer when he did the Johnny and Santo song, Sleepwalking. It, it, it might have just been one of the greatest things I've ever heard at Metro in my life. Wow, that's insane. That, that, that is amazing when you consider everything that has gone on there. And yes, Wilson Brammer, Lynn's son, playing guitar. Um, you're right about how, what would you say, a very Chicago-centric, a Chicago night. I, I, I've been thinking a lot about everything that came together, um, you and, and the Metro, Crane Kenny and everybody at the Cubs, 
uh, getting involved the way they did. Our our bosses here at 93XRT and Odyssey. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, the whole— Laura, Dunk, Laura Duncan, Greg Salk, I mean, you know, absolutely a big part of how we made all this happen. But also Tony uh, Prilo from uh, Piccolo Sonio uh, pulling together the entire Lynn's Binge on uh, Gallagher Way, where we had the Shannon Rovers uh, roaming bagpipes and, and a second line from New Orleans, the Windy City Ramblers along with Michael McDermott singing songs before everyone headed in to a Cub win. Yes. A Cub win yesterday, Mr. Spiegel. Yes, a Cub win yesterday that, that Lynn would have adored and, and had, a, had a blast. <laughs> uh, oh, my God, would he have had fun to have a, a lead like that. Yeah, so th- yeah. This, this event at Gallagher Way, and Gall- you know, outside the ballpark, and it was all these different chefs, some incredible chefs from throughout – the city and you you yeah. bought it was it was it ten bucks and it to, to... It, was, it it was like a a, a a Bramer buck and you got <laughs> you know you bought a couple of the Bramer bucks and you got a, some beer and you got like a lobster roll from um, Giuseppe Tentori or you got a uh, parquetta sandwich from Tony P or you got sardines from Tony Montuano who flew in from Atlanta to be part of this unbelievable thing side note real quick for you matt and i think you may know this but we asked sarah bramer like what should this food court be called and she said lynn's binge of course and it wasn't even a hesitation we all were like (laughs) yes that's what it's going to be called yeah just amazing and then and then sarah and wilson um and two of lynn's brothers got to throw out the first pitch one of the brothers made the throw but the four of them on the field just just an amazing thing, all, uh, uh, all leading up to, to the concert last night. But w- what was your involvement with the Cubs? Who did you deal with in the Cubs to, with the Cubs to help make all of these things kind of happen together the way that they did, Joe? Num- number one, Crane Kenny. Um, you know, Crane and I shared um, love for, for Lynn and uh, for the Lynn's bins because and, – and Lynn and Lynn in the morning, as a matter of fact. All the baseball and sport and, you know, music connections, you know, Lynn loved – Music, baseball, and food. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Lynn touched all of us. But Crane was someone that, if there was something really funny about the night before at Wrigley or the night before at Metro, I would send him a text and say, "Did you hear that?" And he'd say, "I'm listening to it." He'd be in his car driving to work. So we shared something together. And so when 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 Lynn passed, um, I called Sarah and I asked her. I said, "I'd really like to put something together." Uh, and I'm talking to Crane, and that is where it starts. Wow. Um, and 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 Crane was was so generous, donating the 50/50 raffle, donating the funds from the Lynn's binge to Intonation, as well as the Lakeview Pantry. Mm-hmm. This, this is a generous man, a generous organization, and he was my first call. Yeah, that's that's uh, a beautiful thing, and. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it last night. We got to do our set. The Lindbergers, uh, by the way, was the name of his fantasy baseball team. And, yes. I, I'm, I'm, and I was in a fantasy baseball league with him and, and others as he was the Lindbergers. But what was so cool about last night is that there were friends of his from 40 years ago that were there. Yeah, and, and his, I think his first boss. I yeah. think the guy who hired him in Albany. <laughs> and, 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 and some of these friends, as soon as they heard the name of the band – they said, "Oh my God!" And that was the name of his fantasy team forty years ago. So they started. 
They started yeah. texting all their friends from that yeah. league 40 years ago as we're playing our set last night. So so some of the people at the show last night are, were actually part of the Chicago Fantasy Baseball uh, uh, League that he was involved in. And they had you know gotten tickets and were excited about being there. Yeah. So, again, what this guy meant to the city, um, you know, clearly the baseball, the music, the food, but his generosity of, of being present being part of our community, Matt. Yeah. Um, you know, Jenny looked at me last night, my wife, and she said, he would have loved this, Joe. And I go, yeah, I know. That's right. Yeah. Hey, Joe, thanks so much for the time this morning. Appreciate working with you and in all of the ways. Matt, I think you left your guitar backstage. I'll have to ship that off to you, okay? <laughs> yeah, you send it down. You send it down. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, buddy. All Bye. right, man. Um, yeah, at one point last night when we played the song Chicago by Sufjan, Season, Sufjan Stevens, there were, I believe, 14 people on stage. And a quick shout out to Max Crawford, who does the electronic scoreboards at Wrigley and also played trumpet for us last night and then bartended at the Metro to end his evening. He did the triple. But members of Poydog Pondering and... Um, a, 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 a tremendous amount of bands um, that were represented last night. And you know me, if you've been listening to me ever, music and baseball, baby, living together. That's why Lynn and I were so close and, and talked about that stuff all the time. And I continue to to search for my overlappers, my music and baseball people who can hang in both worlds. And, um, and also, I, I will chase the dreams forever of interviewing the baseball people about the music and interviewing the musicians about the baseball, I, f- I feel like I feel like that's my gig. You know, that's uh, that, that's my little lot in life. Coming up later on today, it'll be the finale of the Cubs and the Royals pregame. Coming up in a little less than one hour, right here on six seventy, the score, and it's going to be Kyle Hendricks against Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles has had a brutal season, a six point three zero ERA. Kyle Hendricks, uh, a four ERA, quality start his last time out. I think it's nine of his 16 starts have been quality starts where it's at least six innings and three earned runs or less. They need at least that, do the Cubs, from Kyle Hendricks uh, the rest uh, today because that bullpen got a workout yesterday until Adbert Azalai was able to close it down. We've got 45 more minutes of hit and run. We'll talk about... The uh, White Sox and the Rockies a little bit. We'll talk about the Cubs and the Royals a little bit. And you'll hear some of my podcast with Howie Rose, uh, the Mets broadcaster, on play-by-play and the power of autonomy, being able to say what you should be allowed to say, which is usually the truth. So that's coming up next. Keep it right here on 670 The Score on Hit and Run. For those of you watching on Marquee, your pregame starts next. Thanks for watching. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.